0: He's Pittsburgh-born, and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. On 970 ESPN. And now on 106.3 FM. The Steelers got a big one on Sunday. They're all big, but this one seems huge. You want to see James Conner have a big game? that'll kind of help the distraction aspect of all this and of course you want to see the Steelers get a win if they don't oh my I mean my show will be fun it's better for me but oh my if the Steelers don't beat the Cleveland Browns joining me now to discuss everything that's gone down the last couple of days and to look ahead to the Cleveland Browns is our buddy from the trip he is Chris Adamski Uh, Adamski Brownies on Sunday, they're a little bit more formidable, I think, than people realize. They scare me a little bit if I'm a Stillers fan. And to look ahead to the Cleveland Browns is our buddy from the trip. He is Chris Adamski. Uh, Adamski, Brownies on Sunday, they're a little bit more formidable, I think, than people realize. They scare me a little bit if I'm a Stillers fan.
1: Yeah, for a team that's lost at 34-35, uh, which is absurd when you put it in those terms,
0: they're due, um, man. They're due.
1: Yeah, and, and and you know what? You're right. The recipe of, I don't know if I'm just in my old age, you are coming in anarchist now or what. But but if they lose this game because of everything leading up to it, and the potential, uh you know who knows what reactions from what people and from Le'Veon you know, Bell's agent and all that. If they happen to lose to the one in thirty-four Cleveland Browns over the past two point you know two and a quarter seasons, um, it might not even be of anything to do with. You know, James Conner could have a big game. The defense could have stink, or whatever it is, whatever might the recipe that caused it might not be attributable to Bell not being there. But if they lose this game to the Browns, if you could just watch everything burn. I think
0: at least people wouldn't be able to cite that the Steelers lost to an under five hundred team on the road because the Browns <laughs> would be coming in at zero and zero, and they would be one of the undefeated teams, one of the sixteen undefeated teams in football after that point. Uh, I think Miles Garrett is an absolute stud, Chris, and uh, I expect him to maybe not have his way with Alejandro Villanueva, but I expect him to affect the game in a positive fashion for Cleveland. I think that's a net win for the Browns, and I worry a little bit about that because you don't have Le'Veon Bell back there who's one of the best blocking backs in the league. Uh, James Conner's not exactly adept at it. You're not going to have Vance McDonald, it doesn't look like, so I worry about Ben Roethlisberger taking a little bit of a beating.
1: And I guess you take what I said earlier about the, the, the perfect storm of a bad scenario. Then what if Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt early in game one of the season, and instead of having Landry Jones to put in the game, they have to go to Josh Dobbins to put in the game. Uh, so Let's <laughs> so just pick the overall worst-case scenarios for everything leading up to the situation uh, that's fallen one way or another and for it to have the, to have the worst possible outcome. Um, yes, having Miles Garrett uh, rushing Ben Roethlisberger's blind side when there's no backup quarterback on the team with an NFL snap to his resume, uh, would also fall under that category.
0: Chris Adamski joining us here from the trip. I'm kind of salivating thinking about all that. I, I, I guess I don't want it to happen, but yeah. if it did, it wouldn't be the worst thing for the talk radio biz, certainly not this show. Uh, Adamski, when you were in the Steelers' locker room, the reaction from the players was it about Le'Veon Bell not being there, or is it because they thought he was going to be there and then wasn't there? I think that's what they're more upset about. Yeah, I think it was. You know, listen, they they have had his back through
1: a lot of different things that he's done. You know, the level—if you want to blame him for his the missteps and the reasons he missed game over the years—you know, without going into the debate of each one, but he's suspended twice. Um, there was the. The walkthrough incident, um, there's, there's been, you know, he didn't show up for camp last year, didn't show up for camp this year. Um, through that entire time, I can't recall even one time where a player didn't have his back, or didn't support him. Yep. He, you know, lukewarm at times, I get it, but they, nobody ripped him for sure. Nobody did anything where they did that. Even on Monday, so 48 hours before this, it was the same thing. The company line was the same way. Um, about their teammate. I, so that leads me to believe, and, and there's even you know, references to it, to both on the record and off, that, that they expected him to be here this week, the opening game. Uh, you know, they knew his position, what he does, and it worked out last year well enough. I think he, he took a step back last year, whether it's because he's skipped camp or not, probably not. But um, that if he showed up for week one, then everything was fine. So when he didn't come Monday, even Monday, we, you know, a couple of reporters were remarking that it was kind of surprising how much they were still universally behind him. So, when everything went the other way, and not even really everything, we're talking about, you know what, three guys, um, DeCastro, Foster, and uh, Pouncy. Uh, you know, that's three pretty important guys, three veteran guys, three of your, you know, leaders and highest paid players and all that, so I get it. You know, no, a rookie's not going to rip them or anything like that, but, you know, it's it, they turned on him for that, so they expected him to be there, so I, it was more, the and they both referred to it, Foster and Pouncey both, that, that they didn't, if I would have told them from the beginning, I, I'm not coming until this date, or I don't know when I'm coming, but I, I think the fact that he sort of went dark on them, sort of offended them personally, maybe more so than not showing up.
0: Chris Adamski joining me here on the Crowley Show. Have you been surprised at the lack of knowledge from national people on this conversation? Uh, I have, and I haven't been able to hold my disdain on Twitter. I'm quote-tweeting and ripping everybody because they keep calling it a holdout. They keep saying pay the Steelers. You can't. It's not. And you're not getting anything from them. The collective bargaining agreement doesn't allow it. He's going to make $14.5 million prorated for whatever time he shows up. Uh, it's just, it, it's not as cut and dry as they're making it out to be.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, the, the terminal, we actually had a discussion about whether you could term it even a holdout even when the regular season begins and still can't, technically. Um, he doesn't have a contract. The issue to me is essentially what this is. And, I, you know, if, if his agent is good, they would have, uh, and I'm not saying, I'm just saying maybe he has, you would do a, a benefit analysis, except for definitely, right? You would take the percentage yes. of chances of you getting hurt in every week. You take the percentage of of, of what you're your odds of what you're gonna get, you know, you get forty million guaranteed coming on March eighth and and whatever it might be, and, and you take that number that you're gonna think you're gonna get and then you take so essentially what he's doing, he's paying eight hundred fifty five thousand dollars a week as an insurance policy against the difference of what he would make this year and what he'll make in the bonus next year. Does that makes sense. So if it's forty million, what's thirty million? What's going what's what's the difference? Thirty million opposed to fifty million he's making this year. That's $15 million of insurance policy you're paying $855,000 a week for. Does that make sense? You don't get hurt during those weeks.
0: It's- I feel like I feel like you're Carl Nassib, and I am the rest of the Browns defensive line, and you're just writing it on the whiteboard, and I have no freaking clue what the hell you're talking about. I tried to do the same thing in the first segment uh, to my own uh, disappointment, but not surprise. Uh, it did not go the way that I wanted it to go. Uh, Chris Adamski joining me here on the Crowley Show. Okay, let's fast forward now. To the game itself, James is going to be the dude. I think he can be that guy if he stays healthy. The problem is James Conner has been a durability risk in the past. Yes, he had cancer at Pitt. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the knee injuries at Pitt. I'm talking about him missing time last year preseason and during the regular season. I think he's good enough. I wonder how long he'll be able to be good enough.
1: Yeah, that, that to me, that's almost a bigger concern than... What he can do, especially over a short term, you know, by short term, I mean, would say up to a half a season, one game up to eight games or something, um, is, is the door. I don't know if he can make it through. He do not know if he's proven it yet. Now, that's the age old thing. Is it fair and unfair injury? Is it fair to pile on Vance McDonald, who seems to just get injury after injury? I mean, he's been injured at least five times in, in the uh, 12 months he's been a stealer. and he hasn't played more than. 13 games in his time with San Francisco, he's been hurt a lot. I mean, is it fair to label him injury prone? Is this a platoon of bad luck? I don't know. But, yeah, that's something. Uh, you know, Connor was getting hurt during camp last year, camp this year. Uh, you know, he, he, what did he get, 26 carries last year, and he ended up getting yep. hurt in week, week, there, week 15. It's a legitimate, you know, until we prove that he proves that he can, that that is it's definitely a worry. I, I think that universally – um, you know, everybody who has been in camp and, and watched this team, you think it's a different James Carter. I don't know if you ask us all. I can think for everybody, of course, but, you know, I talk to sometimes sometimes. uh you know, James Cotter, if you would have asked me in June and July or early July if he was ready to be, a you know, be the bell cow for a week or six weeks or whatever it might be, I, I would have been really skeptical. I feel a lot better about his on-field ability now um, than I did in, in last season or to, before this season began. But, yes, the durability is a is a giant sort of flashing red light now, and, and maybe he'll prove everybody wrong and maybe we will get through it. But until that happens, there's going to be questions about it.
0: Chris Sadamski joining us here on the Crowley Show. We're live at Heinz Ward Tavern 86 out in Cranberry. bunch of TVs come on by, hang out with us, drink some beer, and, of course, watch the game tonight between the Eagles and the Falcons. Uh, Chris, I think the prognosis for the Steelers' season uh, is not as good now without Le'Veon Bell. I don't think I'm breaking any news there, but I had them as an 11- or 10-win team before this. I think they're a playoff team, but I worry about whether or not they can win the division. And I know people aren't exactly high on the Bengals or the Ravens. I actually think the Bengals are going to be pretty all right. So I'm worried about it. How do you see the season shaping up if Le'Veon Bell's not here until, let's say, week 11? the interesting
1: part too is, I mean, the Steelers, by their own, by the fact they're willing to pay him the franchise tag and have him yanked it and offer him the tender and everything, are willing to give him, you know, close to ten percent of their salary cap or approaching that anyway, or uh, uh, where they they're willing to pay him as if he is a valuable player who would, you know, affect their chances to win. Yes, they
0: absolutely feel like they need this guy. There's no doubt. They're not saying it today, but they said it by the way their money was speaking.
1: Exactly. So they believe that he is an important part of the team, and, and that's we're going to find out. I still think without him for an entire season, I still would probably maybe say the Steelers are the best team in the division, but it, it, it's not a shut-and-dry case, that's for sure. It's open and shut shut and dry a well, lot, just combined, too. You, whatever did. It is. you that, did. That's awful. I, that, that was, uh, whatever it is, open and closed and dried and, Cutting, whatever I'm trying to say. Cutting drive. Uh, Let's uh, go. Get it
0: out, Madamski. That,
1: that they're as good as the. Or they're still could be better than Baltimore and, and, and Cincinnati and certainly Cleveland, but I, it, it's, it makes the margin a lot, lot thinner. And if, you know, you maybe you could buy, maybe you still beat Cleveland. They're still a young team in week one and, and until he, even when he shows up. But I, I don't know if uh, if they are. And that, that's all it matters. You know, winning your division, what matters more than, you know, where you rank in the AFC and then getting the playoffs and. Take your, take your shot. And I still think they can win the division without Bell or with Bell for half a season or whatever it is. So it, it's, it's certainly not, to, it's, it removes any of the, uh, the advantage they probably had over those, their competitors in the division.
0: Chris Adamski joining us here on the Crowley Show. Last couple of things uh, with him uh, Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. He'll be good to go. Juju Smith Schuster, I think the Steelers have faith in him. James Washington had a good training camp, OTAs, mini camp, rookie camp, everything you want to see from him. Does he look healthy out there on the practice field? Does he look like a guy uh, who can be willing and able to help week one? Yeah, you, you like to think
1: that. If they were through this, I, I feel like they, you know, this pre-existing injury in week one, They always, they usually have a clean injury report on week one. Uh, and, you know, all these guys were hurt, like, just a week earlier, and all of a sudden they're not even, you know, even a full participant, whatever. They didn't put them on there. So officially, uh, you know, they're saying 100% he's fine, whatever. And, and that's officially all you can probably say. However, you know, I don't see any reason to think that uh, Washington can't be, uh, you know, what they – now, he's still going to be a third receiver. He's still a rookie. As, as, as good as he looked objectively all throughout camp and preseason, I don't know, you know, what that is. But they're only asking to be a third receiver. Uh, but I think he can fill that role for them, yes. And I don't – to be quite frank, I don't know – you know, I don't know if you want to address an under or Darius you with Bay, or I don't know you know, where else you go in the depth chart to fill
0: to, to that spot. Right. Uh, last couple things again for you, Chris. Uh, defensively, it looks like Terrell Edmonds is going to get the start on Sunday because Morgan Burnett might not be all the way up to speed. What do you like about this guy? Uh, I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for because they thought he was a reach in the draft. I thought that even at the time. Then I've seen him play, and I think he needs to be on the field. I- I'm excited about seeing him. Yeah, whether
1: or not he was taken too high or not, you know, whatever. He could be a second round pick, and you know, Sean Davis started as a second round pick rookie. That- that- that's irrelevant at this point. I yes, I-, I think he's. I think he's proven. I was skeptical at first too, uh, but I think he's shown that he is playing. You know, there, there might be you know, just like all of the rookies, some sort of uh, uh, you know, adjustment period. Uh, Growing pain, as they might say. Uh, but, I, you know, looking back, it's, I remember, TJ Watt last year got 2 sacks and interception in his debut. Right. And I know they're different positions. I'm not going to compare them or whatever. You know, Artie Burns didn't play too much two years ago in his debut, but he was starting by the middle of the season. And it's almost like one of those things where, and I know Morgan Brown hasn't been here yet, so we don't know exactly what to expect out of him here, but it's like he's almost a safe play. And, and you know, how this shakes out, that's the most fascinating thing to me is if we see more of the the uh, famed it's become like the the, the mystery dollar now or, or whatever packages they use you know whether you die more often or what they do um, whether it's just one the or peso. the peso but, but seeing Edmonds it, it's not it's not the safe play but it's probably it's certainly the higher ceiling play and maybe roll them out there see what you can do and uh, if it starts to go badly then you, then you go back to Burnett more
0: Adamski really appreciate the time man thanks a lot anytime Adam. <laughs> Going to have to walk back the Ian Rappaport report from before. Wow, Ian Rappaport report. I'm also alive, by the way. Uh, Ian R- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just small detail. And better know? than ever, you're saying Rappaport yeah. report. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that is that is a test of the linguistic abilities right there, Rappaport report. Uh, there was a Rappaport report saying that <laughs> Le'Veon Bell would be back on Saturday. He is now since walked That back on his Twitter account saying... We don't know when Le'Veon Bell will be back, but it makes sense to come back Saturday because he'll get his game check. He's not playing this weekend. So if I'm the Steelers, I'm giving him the roster exemption if he signs his tag so that he doesn't get paid. If you're not playing, you're not getting paid. That's the way I'd look at it. Coming up next, we'll hear from Heinz Ward. I'm broken. (laughs) Son of a bitch. We're live at Heinz Ward, Table 86. It was not because of this place. It's awesome. That's because I'm I'm a mess. It's ESPN <laughs> Pittsburgh. He may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. We are live at the Heinz Ward Tavern 86, and we are now joined by 8'6 himself, Heinz Ward this is quite the establishment. Welcome, welcome,
2: there. welcome. Yes, this is my own little uh, uh, man cave slash fan cave. You know, when I come back to Pittsburgh, this is kind of where I always make my pit stops here to thank the fans that still come out and support me, watch them. Some- uh, you got TVs everywhere. You can watch football, and of course, the great food. It's all about the food.
0: Yeah, the food right in front of me right now. <laughs> you got the black Not trying and gold tease burger. to tease you
2: a little bit. I
0: was saying, I I sweat anyhow, but I'm going to eat this burger that's got jalapenos on it and bacon. <laughs> I'm going to
2: be drenched. Yes, yeah, there's a party going on in the in your mouth with uh with this burger here. It's very flavorful. What made you want to get into the restaurant, Piz? Man, I don't know. I just wanted to give back. I wanted to have a place that I can call home when I come back to Pittsburgh. I do a lot of my uh, charity work here. We do a lot of wine tasting as well. And, and, and I want to have my own little section that, uh, you know, I got family all over. When we come back to a couple Steelers game that we can come here, hang out, uh, thank the fans that still are wearing my jersey. Uh, but uh, it's just great just to, you know, have a restaurant back here in Pittsburgh and still kind of giving back to the community. There are a lot of things I want to get your thoughts on, Hines. All right, let's go. Uh,
0: first of all, the game of football, the evolution, yes. where it is today as compared to when you were playing. I mean, there's a rule now because of, 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 of a block <laughs> oh, really? you may have yeah, laid. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard. Um,
2: <laughs> the way the game's being played today, yes. is, it, is it the same as it was back no, then? No, it is not the same. I mean, it, it favors an offensive player, no question about it, and that's why you're starting to see inflation of numbers from crazy, you know, The numbers are just going absolutely crazy. When I came into this league, think about it. Yancey Thigpen led our organization with 85 catches. You know, that was, you were doing it big time, catching 85 balls. Now, I mean, you're seeing maybe 10 guys with 100 catches now. So that's the norm now. But I get it. You know, we want to protect our game. We want to make the game safer for our players. But at the same time, it's still the game of football and me just looking at all the new rules, changes, and stuff like that, uh, I almost feel sorry for defensive guys because I don't even know what a tackle is nowadays, right? You know, you hit somebody hard, and they, it's almost instantaneously the, the ref has to throw the flag just to save his own behind, right? right? But, you know, it's still the game of football. Sometimes, you know, we, 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 we take it out on the uh, a penalty instead of the quarterback, maybe you shouldn't have – threw the ball there right. maybe you know and sometimes we reward the the offense by giving them a penalty flag rather than you know uh saying hey next time read the correct read and don't throw that ball there
0: Heinz <laughs> you were so physical at the wide receiver position yes so I guess the question is would you rather have played in your time or would you rather play now where you probably catch 140 balls yeah I would there. much
2: rather play now okay <laughs> <laughs> I mean everybody's catching balls but you know what man I listen I, I I don't try to compare different times. I mean, 14 years was a blessing for me. I got everything I wanted out of football. And when you reach the mountaintop, and I was blessed to reach the mountaintop twice, there's no greater feeling. It's kind of like my my football career is complete. Uh, having played my entire career here in Pittsburgh, uh, I was blessed to play in three Super Bowls. I lost that one, in which I still don't to me i got ct when it comes to that i just forget about that when i have nothing to show for that super bowl i gave out all my paraphernalia's books everything everything that i had when we lost to, uh, green bay what we lost to green, green bay Bank. Right? i told you uh but no it was, you know you never forget the first super bowl and I just remember catching that ball and jumping into the stadium and seeing the whole crazy fans, sea of black and gold, just go crazy. But then I remember when I came home, I remember I, it was two stories. I came home from the parade down in Disney World, and I was out of gas. So I was <laughs> I was putting gas in my car, and I remember this elderly lady was like, Hey, hi. Great job, but we're going to win it again. I was like, we just won this one. Let's enjoy this one. But the expectation level here in goes. Pittsburgh, this is a city of champions. So expectations coming in, coming into the season is always Super Bowl or nothing. But then I just remember uh, one fan was like, man, just thank you for letting me feel like a part of my grandparents because they used to always hear about the teams of the 70s and whatnot. So now that they have something that they can brag about during their generation. I never really thought about that. It's like not only you win for yourself and your teammates and your family, but you're winning for this city and still a Nation as a group. And uh, it's just a special feeling to to always know that they can ever take that away from me. And being named Super Bowl MVP for this organization to help win a Super Bowl, it couldn't get any greater than that. Better spiral, Ben Roethlisberger or Randall L.? Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> ben throws, he can throw. And ben has a, thousand a gun. thousand miles an hour. Yes, he has a gun. You know, the story about Antoine Randall—he, that was his whole dream in life was to throw an NFL pass for a touchdown. That's all he wanted to do. He was like, "Listen, I, I'm too short. I know they don't—they're not going to give me a chance to play quarterback. I'm too short, but I want to throw the ball." So there was always debate because he played college quarterback. Right. i played college quarterback and and we we're on the flip side i said listen i know it's your dream to throw it i want to catch a ball <laughs> so when we had the reverse pla- pass in the super bowl uh it was a win-win because that was something that he always wanted to do uh and, and it was my dream as a kid to always catch a, a touchdown pass in the super bowl so
0: come on out hang out with us heinz uh, ward here at heinz ward tavern 86 about to Dive into this
2: burger here. Great yes. atmosphere, and I'll tell you what: the game's on tonight. Season the starts. The season is here. Football is here, man. We just came off a great weekend of of college football, man. Football season is back, so I'm extremely excited. Just for you know, now I can talk football. I know we're going to talk about Le'Veon bill pretty soon. <laughs> I'm right just right warming up. up I'm warming up. I know you're setting it up for me, but man. I, I, You know, just being back and just seeing all the guys just brings back a lot of great memories. So You miss it? I I, I miss the camaraderie. I don't really miss uh, the aspect of playing, but I miss the foundation. I miss going up to St. Vincent, staying in the dorm rooms. I miss going out and seeing the fans uh, during practice. You know, and now, to me, that's where you establish the foundation to prepare yourself for the season, the upcoming year, because uh, it's a grind. It's a grind, but... You know, I've always said, you know, Steelers, with the talent that we have, it's it's, it's always, it's either Super Bowl or nothing. You know, it's always right. about Super Bowl. Your body, you look good. I feel good. Is, it's feeling good? I feel good? good. I feel great, man. I, I You know, I did the Man a couple of years ago, so now I'm taking care of my body, and now I'm on this new keto kick. You nice. Know, I, I don't do bread and stuff, so... You know, I still eat the burger. I just don't eat it without I, – I take the bun off. But the bun is so tasty and buttery and flavorful, and uh, sometimes I get tempted. and I can't eat the fries, of course. But, uh, no, keto has kept my weight down and enabled to uh, – uh, now, every now and then I, I have my cheat days. But that's like once a month I can do a cheat day. But I'm really serious on keto, this keto kick now, man. I'm enjoying every minute of it. And so what you say was your favorite teammate with the Steelers? It's oh, tough man. to narrow it, it down. It is, it is tough. I mean, I just had a it's, – it's like you don't have a favorite brother. You know, <laughs> you just have – you have some brothers that annoy you sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but I love my brothers to death. So I had a, I had some guys that annoyed me sometimes. But then I had guys that, you know, for whatever reason, man, we just kicked it together. But, you know, I, I joke that's what I miss most. I miss sitting around a table with Jerome. Uh, Joey Porter, James Harrison, James Ferrier, Troy Palamalu, DeShay Townsend. I mean, we would sit there and literally we would come into the building probably about 630. We'll all work out. We'll practice. We'll watch our films. And then we'll just be sitting in a locker room in our little players lounge and literally be there to about eight o'clock. And really just talking about life, just talking about all the different scenarios that we're all going to, man, that's what I miss most because you just don't get that now. You know, there's no workplace that can simulate that type of environment where you're still competing and then you still have love for one another. And it's literally, I think I hung out with more with my teammates than I did my own family. Now I'll do the transition. Ah, now let's get, come on, let's get into this. Let's, Levy, let's, let's get into okay. the Le'Veon Bell Levy, stuff. Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, what, what do you want to ask me well,
0: about? Well, to your point about the camaraderie,
2: did your teammates understand where you were coming yes. from? Yes. And that, that was a big support. Uh, when I held out, when I did, man, teammates, they call me each and every day. And the way they say, hey, we understand it's a business. It's nothing against us for you not being here. Uh, and I remember vividly some of my teammates, there were a couple guys who dropped the ball at practice. And my teammates will say, hey, you got to sign Hines. You got to sign him because he ain't dropping those passes. I mean, but that's that's just the understanding, the business aspect of it, because at some point as a player, you will be put in a position the same as Le'Veon Bell. You know, it's unfortunate sure. for Le'Veon to be in the position. To get franchised once is already tough. And running backs, we all know you hit the age of 30 and no one cares anymore. It, you know, that's the only position I think. You have to be sensitive to because when you hit 30 and running back that's like 40 is uh can't really say 40 as a quarterback because tom brady yeah. is 41 right but you know you just that's the only position that your lifespan uh league wise you only have a small window to kind of you know jump on maximize the most opportunity and the way that the steelers use Le'Veon bell i mean over 400 touches last year that's just crazy that's insane so uh, I, I get the business aspect sure. of it, but the thing I think, uh, as a fan or as a former player, you can't, you can't, you can't treat it personal on both sides. You can't, you can't one minute say, "Hey, it's about the money," and then the next minute be like, "Oh man, you know, him against the the teammates or organization." So you you can never take this situation uh this situation personal. Some of
0: his teammates did. I don't think it's about the money, though. When that when they kind of freaked out in the locker room yesterday, Marquise Pouncey had some things to say, as did Ramon Foster. I think it's because they expected Lev to
2: be there, and then they just he went, wasn't there. But I, they went off assumptions, though, because he went there last year. That's and true. That's, that's not that's not fair to Le'Veon Bell because if you go get franchise for two years straight, you ask any player in the league, nobody wants that. That doesn't guarantee you longevity. He already said he wants to be a stiller. He wants to be a stealer for life. He wants that. But for whatever reason they couldn't come to terms on a contract. Right. And, 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 and and it is what it is. That's the business aspect of it. But you know, I understand now that I'm retired and I see I see the toll that especially for a running back that it takes on they your doubt. body. Because you're getting hit every play. If you don't have a football, you gotta score every time you touch the football, which is not gonna happen. So you're gonna get tackled. Then when you're not when you don't have the ball, you gotta pass protect. So every play of the game, you're getting hit in every aspect. So I I, I get it. So I I, I try to side to. uh, I understand the business aspect of it, but at the same time, I still want Le'Veon Bell to be out there to help the Steelers win the Super Bowl. So, and I think that's where you kind of get mixed up with the emotions of it. We need this guy to get to where we want to go. I mean, we have a great team, team, exactly. But then uh, you understand, and I just think uh, for people who. They can't understand $14 dollars. They look at it and that's like fourteen million dollars. Well, you take half of that it goes to taxes, so it's right. seven that's million, true, right? But I, it just it shocked me to hear other players talk about other players' contract. You know, because they they forgot Le'Veon Bell bought them thirty-seven almost thirty thousand dollars watches probably less what during christmas time right (laughs) and now i'm pretty sure you know to hear all the responses that he's getting back from the offensive line that's shocking to him and so that's whenever or if he ever comes back that's something that they're gonna have to repair somewhere within that locker room because you hear some of the stories and and let me tell you that's it's hurtful you know if a guy goes out there and, and, and and do the things yes you can't win with one man but well, Le'Veon Bill is probably one of the top two guys, uh, all-purpose guys in the it, league. The sure way we utilize helps. it. Yes, it, it helps. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. I just think it's, it's, it's unfortunate uh, for Pittsburgh to be in the situation that they're in because, you know, no player wants to get franchised back-to-back years, especially at the running back position because of, of the longevity right. uh, for running backs. And Le'Veon, what, he's 27 now? His window of opportunity is three years, and he wants to maximize on that. And he felt like, I gave you guys one year of a franchise tag, and I showed up, and I was here. And and I think some of the players just assumed that, oh, he would be back. But it's a different element now because this is – you can't franchise guys three years straight. can't can't do it. Right? Right. So it was like this is the last year. And for Le'Veon Bell, I just understand him trying to maximize his potential earnings for, for his future.
0: Hines, last thing here before I know you're busy. I know you got to sure. run. No uh, problem.
2: Uh, Mike Tomlin is a head coach. Yes. What do you think about – what did you think about your time spent with him? You know what, man? I've learned a lot, you know, just dealing with – you have to deal – because times have changed in dealing with athletes and players and, and things like that, new age. And social media is different, right? So sure. you get guys that are just going crazy like – When I played, we didn't worry about social media, you know, but now you see guys tweeting out before the game. It's like, are you worrying more about the likes and try to bring fans into your own world? Or do we need to be focused on the Baltimore Ravens? For me, it's all about Baltimore Ravens. When we played, I was just totally focused in on that. So I've learned a lot. You know, I did training camp last year, man, and I enjoyed every moment. Working with uh, Juju Smith and, and Martavis and Eli and, and uh, Antonio, so I had a blast doing that. I really, I really felt like you know, even though I'm no longer playing, I felt like I was still one of those leaders on the team to help give these guys as much knowledge as I that I know. It's kind of crazy the players were coming up to me because they were, they were scared to go to the coaches because they were like, <laughs> you know, but they would come up to me and talk to me. So it was kind of cool to still have that impact on it. But uh, I've learned a lot from Mike Tomlin, just in the sense of how do you deal with certain players and stuff like that. But there's a lot of pressure on, on for Mike T. I, I really think, I mean, with the talent that we have, uh, there's no excuses for us not to be uh, winning Super Bowls. You know, you would just think the, uh, the, the, the collective talent, on offense alone, that's probably the best talent sure. <laughs> that I've seen yeah. in a very long time. You know, I, I you would have to go back to Franco Harris and Lynn Swan and Stallworth and put all of them together and and and, and that was a, a crazy, crazy offense. But then, you know, you got the best receiver in the game, you got one of the best running backs in the game and then Ben is, is one of the top five guys in the league. You would just assume our offensive line, we have that continuity, those guys been together, that you know, you would expect us to, to kind of still be there, not just winning games but winning championships, especially in this town. You know, the city of Pittsburgh, that's what we're accustomed to. That's what it's all about is winning Super Bowls. And anything less than a Super Bowl to me is, is a failure. And, and that's the mindset that I think the city has, I think that the team should have. You know, and it's unfortunate right now that we're doing more. We're we're more of a distraction than us focusing on winning a Super Bowl. And that's kind of that's changed because even when I held out at the time, I never wanted it to be a distraction. I didn't want people talking about the contract and 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 the relationship that I had right. with my teammates during that time was was helpful for me because they understood the business side of it. So they never took it personal when I held out at, when I went through my time. Hines, really great stuff. Awesome place.
0: Appreciate you guys, man. Meet the people.
2: I got to meet the people, man. Thank you guys for coming on out. But uh, come on out to Tavern 86, man. I like to pop in and and show my face and serve the people and surprise them. Just, man, I appreciate all the love that they've given me over my time here in Pittsburgh.
0: Thanks again, Hines. Appreciate it. No problem. Anytime, guys. There he goes. It's Hines Ward from table eight Tavern 86 here in Cranberry. Uh, come on by. The game will be on the TVs tonight as it is Eagles and Atlanta Falcons. We got NFL football on the TV, baby. It's ball. It's ball season. Coming up next, it's hottest take of the day. It's other crap and three stars of the show, and I'll give you some breaking Ian Rappaport report news. TSP in Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. I've never felt so alive until now. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeart Radio app. Oh, 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 oh. Everybody was going for fight. Can we all chill out with the Ian Rappaport report that's not a report, but people are saying it's a report? The breaking news that doesn't sound like it's breaking news. People are so desperately looking for something, anything to latch on to in the Le'Veon Bell conundrum that this is the quote that they're calling breaking news from Ian Rappaport. Quote, Le'Veon Bell and his agent Adisa Bakari have not informed the Steelers of any plans as far as when he's going to report. And Bell himself has not told any of his teammates, which certainly explains why everyone in the situation appears miffed. But from the best I can tell from the people involved in this, their estimate, their guess is that Bell will show up on Saturday. End quote. We all guessed he would be there on Monday. We all then guessed he would be there on Wednesday. Educated guesses by Marquise Pouncy, Ramon Foster, David De Castro all wound up being incorrect. So I don't want to be a guy standing in front of a microphone or, I suppose at this point, sitting down with a microphone plastered to my face saying, he'll be there Saturday. I'm not going to pretend like that's any kind of news, and I hate it being passed off as news. Their best guess, the people involved, think it's Saturday. That's not news! That's you guessing about a guess! Rappaport, however, has confirmed that he hasn't been there yet. Breaking news, Le'Veon Bell has not reported the Pittsburgh Steelers yet. (laughs) He went on to say, quote, that is what he's looking like. He would be in the building, he'd receive 800,000 plus game check, not play week one and then get ready for week two. Plus that would actually job with what he tweeted right in the middle of July, right after the franchise tag day, after he did not accept the five-year, $70 million offer that he would be there week one. I also hate people referencing what Le'Veon Bell has said on social media or otherwise because Le'Veon Bell is a flip-flopper. You remember... Back in the 2000 election, or was it 2004? Jib-jab, flip-flopper, John Kerry, that was the that was the talk. That's what Le'Veon Bell does. Le'Veon Bell says one thing, and then later in the day, you ask him the same question, and if he thinks you want the other answer, he gives it to you. Tim Benz and I talked about that yesterday on the show. He sounds like a people pleaser. He, he sounds like a guy who wants to make people around him like him, which is why now this is kind of ridiculous because... Nobody likes him. Pouncey <laughs> on not like him. The did not like him. Good to hear from Heinz Ward today. He talked about Mike Tomlin, I thought, in a very similar way to Terry Bradshaw. However, it wasn't as insulting. When I asked him, what do you think about Mike Tomlin, he paused for a second, took a breath, and said, well, I've learned a lot since I left. So I got the sense maybe he didn't appreciate Tomlin at the time, but now maybe appreciates him more. He also went on to say, however, that he thinks the Steelers should have won more because of the talent that they have in the league. He also thinks that players should stay out of other people's money. (laughs) Maybe we'll cut up some Mike or some Hines Ward for tomorrow's program. Maybe we'll send it to Pursuta and he can send the cuts back to us. No, he can cut it up, send it back to us. That's what'll happen. cool. Right on. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day, 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 day. Dear NFL, oh, how I've missed you. It's been months since I've seen your eye-black-covered face. I missed OBJ's naturally blonde hair, Eli Manning's gaping mouth, and Josh Gordon's rippling biceps. I can't hide my excitement to see which players kneel tonight and which players stand with their hands over their hearts. Oh, how I long for a good national anthem controversy. I crave double tight end sets, swing passes, pulling guards, RPOs, and running back by committee. I hope there's huge action for Hugh Jackson. I've missed confusion over the catch rule. Flags flying left and right, concussions and CTE. I've missed you, NFL. I can't wait to see thee. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. James Conner says he's not intimidated by having to handle Le'Veon Bell's workload. That's not surprising. He wasn't intimidated by cancer. Woo! Other crap. It's been 620 days since Pitt basketball in a conference game. How many? It's been 618 days since Pitt basketball in a conference game. How many more than that? It's been 622 days since Pitt basketball in a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show.
1: Third star.
0: Tonight's third
1: star of the show, Cut and Dry. I, I still would probably maybe say the Steelers are the best team in the division, but it, 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 it's not a shut and dry cage, that's for sure. Open and shut, shut and dry. Well, I just combined two. You whatever did. that is. You that, did. That's, that's awful. I, that, that was. Uh, whatever it is. Open and closed and dried and cut and whatever I'm trying to say. Cut and dry. Uh, that's, Let's that's, go. Get it out,
0: uh, Nadamski. Second Star. Tonight's Second Star of the show, playing some grab ass. When I was younger, I used to go to all the Steelers basketball games when they would go around from high school to high school, and we get your jersey signed. My sister would get her jersey signed. My parents would be there. Oh, it was a big kick. Hines Ward, always friendly to us. Well, one time, game's not over. My sister wanted to leave early. She's got her Hines Ward jersey on, and we're walking off the court She touches his butt, grabs Heinz Ward behind. Heinz turns around not to see my sister, who walked away, but to see me. Heinz Ward thought I grabbed his butt. I was in that same situation. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, the legend himself, may he rest in peace, Burt Reynolds. If I could, Burt Reynolds was absolutely the epitome of cool. I know. Like, dude, like, really, if you were Burt Reynolds, you're pulling, if you know what I mean. Question for you guys. How close to his death do you think he banged a woman? Like, how close to him dying do you think he had sex with a woman? Let me put it this way. He's probably gotten that more than me post-mortem than I have in my entire life. Like, he's still going right now.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: I think there was probably someone on top of him at the time. (laughs) And then, as oh he flatlines, it's still happening. and therefore, it is post-death coitus. <laughs> we did that. Okay, so <laughs> I, I'd say what what I did there was was worse. But I think the worst part about it was the way that Tom posited the question. I think, yeah. Well, because Tom goes, "You think he? You think he's banging?" And then he clarified, "I think he's sleeping with someone." <laughs> we know what that means. You don't have to clarify it. We're good there. You I need to take do, my FCC test tomorrow. You don't think they know? I'm just making sure. Our That's audience excuse younger. Tom. Oh, I got Radio 101 now, <laughs> I, did look, I? Look, I think explaining this is actually worse than the original content, honestly. R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Favorite Burt Reynolds flick, <laughs> and go. Whoever's on top of him. Smokey and the Bandit? Absolutely, hands down. Tom? Uh, Mystery Alaska. I'll go Mystery Alaska. He didn't even have a fast car in that. Yeah, we let the dogs out. Hooray, 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 hooray. We got a big one tomorrow. But first, thanks very much to Heinz Ward Tavern 86. Thanks to Heinz Ward for being here with us. The food was fabulous. The drinks were great. It's an awesome establishment. Come on by tonight and watch the game between the Eagles, who I still can't believe are world champions, <laughs> and the Atlanta Falcons. Tomorrow on the show, Jerry Dulack We also have Mary Kay Cabot from the Cleveland Plain Dealer and Fat Jack. See you tomorrow. Be good.